Three Eagles complete the NFL Combine, and we have Mitch Wolf for Mondays with Mitch to talk all about their performances. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. All right, as I said, to, to kick off the show, we are joined today by Mitch Wolf, who spent a lot of time this weekend watching the NFL Combine, and he's here to talk about Alec Lindstrom, Zion Johnson, and Isaiah Graham Mobley, and some of his other thoughts. Mitch, how's it going? It's going great. Um, luckily, my fiance was working overnight, so she didn't have to sit and watch all the combine with me. Um, but yeah, I had a great time. I said, you know, if the draft is Christmas, this is kind of like your Hanukkah because you get the whole week of uh, events going on, and there's a lot of great stuff to catch and check out. So yeah, it was great, great few days of combine workouts. So absolutely, and. You know, it sounds like it was a positive experience for all three BC players who uh, all did really well on their individual events. But the biggest name coming out of it was the biggest name going into it, which was Zion Johnson. Um, you know, he ended his senior bowl try, uh, workouts with some really um, impressive um, film and some impressive uh, impressions that he left on scouts. He goes into the combine and kills it. What, how, what were your thoughts on Zion's performance, Mitch? So with Zion, the, the biggest thing I can say about him is that he is ready to start in the NFL and, and contribute in a very positive way immediately. And I say that because if you just looking at him when he's at the combine, he is just built so differently than almost any other guard there. He is just, there's, he doesn't, it doesn't look like he's 300 plus pounds. Like he's like physically just, it's all, it looks like it's all muscle. He's built so well. His legs are huge. He's looks great. Like he almost looks like AJ Dillon out there, to be honest. Um, but in terms of his numbers, so he had a 5.18 40 yard dash, which was 25th among the 50 guards there. So not that great, but he's a guard doesn't really matter. Um, but he was top 10 in all of the other uh, drills. He had a 4.46 short shuttle, which was third among 41 offensive linemen, a 7.38 three control, which was fourth out of 36 a 32 inch vertical jump, which was fourth out of 45, a 112 inch or nine foot and four inches, uh, which was tied for six out of 50th and a 32 reps on the bench, which was, which led all offensive linemen at the combine. And um, the numbers that I like to use, it's called relative athletic score. It's done by Kent Lee Platt. And it basically takes all those numbers and spits out a, a score out of 10 based on the player's size. And Zion got a 9.59, which was um, it's 53rd out of 175 guards from 1987 to 2022. So he's, you know, one of the, almost one of the best 50 guards in terms of his uh, athletic score in the last 40 plus years of draft coverage. So he had a pretty insane week. Yeah. It seemed like everyone, he was the talk of a lot of uh, different draft scouts as they, mm -hmm. they were mentioning, you know, it's either him or uh, that offensive lineman green from Texas A&M. That's going to be the top guard going now, obviously the talk now goes to, uh, you know, he had his conversations. I thought too, which we can talk about too, um, about his, his interviews about teams he's talked to. And some of the teams that we brought up 
uh, were Miami Dolphins, which makes a lot of sense because their offensive line coach, uh, everyone here knows, is Matt Applebaum, who was with BC last year. He said he doesn't even need to interview with them. He's talked with them so much. And then uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mitch, I heard him mention them a few times as well. Yeah, he's talked with them a lot. And I think it, Mike Tomlin is very partial to players from Maryland uh, in the DMV area because that's where Tomlin is from. So that's I think that's partially why. Um, at BC's, like I said, you know, they're kind of, you, as we've, as you've talked about, you know, they're developing that connection with Boston college as of late with the Brian Flores hire, Dino Tomlin transferring there. Um, but I mean, at this rate, and it's so to compare Zion to Kenyon green, if you watch Kenyon green's workout, just looking at their bodies, they're completely different players. And, you know, Kenyon green is like six, four, three twenty-five or something, but his body is just, and I, 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 this is the pot calling the cattle black, but his body is just sloppy. Like, his legs are not very well defined. He's got a belly, which, you know, Lyman probably should have them, but it just, it looks so different. And he did not look good in the drills. He didn't really know what the, what he was doing in the drills. He was falling down. He didn't look anywhere near as athletic as Zion. And, you know, Daniel Jeremiah took a lot of time to praise Johnson's technique and pointing out these little, little details about how, you know, Zion angles his knee and puts his foot in a different place and why that helps him. And that those conversations were never coming up with green and with green. I, I get it. Like he has the physical tools where he could, if, if the proper development takes place, he could be like a, a consistent all pro guard. Um, if everything goes right and like maybe better than Zion, but he's not there yet. Zion is ready right now to be a 10 to 12 year starter at guard and be a perennial pro bowler at the position. So it's basically just a matter of like, do you want the guy who's the sure thing or you want the guy who maybe could be a little better? Uh, but I mean, Zion has, I think he's interviewed with almost every team guards. Like I've said, you know, don't get picked. They're not super valued in the NFL draft, but with Johnson, he's displayed his versatility is extremely smart. Uh, I think teams are teams have really liked him. So I, I'm not sure he gets out of the top 20, but you know, a lot of playoff teams need some help on the offensive line. So I think he's a lock to go in the first round right now. I was going to say, if you were a betting man, are you saying top half of the first round at this point? I think I'd probably put the over under at like 22 and a half, something like that. Um, I don't, I've actually made a 23 and a half. Cause I think that's between the Patriots and the Cardinals. And I think, I think if he gets the, I think the Cardinals, it would be very interesting. They've, they've drafted BC players before they need offensive line help. Zion isn't that tall. So that'd be good if, if Kyler Murray is still their quarterback. Um, but yeah, that, that would be a really good fit for him, I think. All right. And now let's move on to our second player, Alec Lindstrom. Uh, Mitch, what were your takeaways from Lindstrom's performance? So Lindstrom had another, had a pretty good week as well. You know, it, it was much more under the radar just because it's, it is a weaker center class, but Tyler Linderbaum, who is the presumed number one center um, and is one of the best prospects in the class wasn't working out. So this was kind of Lindstrom's chance to shine. And he had another really good week. Um, you know, he had an RAS, the relative athletic score of 8.22, which is very good. It is um, 90th out of 501 centers from uh, 1987 to 2022. So again, a very good percentile. He ran well, he had a 5.1840, same as Zion. He had a 4.66 short shuttle, a 7.5, Three cone, 29 inches in the vertical jump, uh, 111 inches or nine feet and three inches in the broad jump, 25 bench uh, bench reps, which was the same as his brother, Chris. And, you know, I, like I said, the 40 doesn't necessarily matter that much, but with these, uh, the jumps matter for offensive linemen because it shows you how strong their legs are and how quickly they can get out of their stance. So that's why those are important. And with the shuttles, with the agility drills, the short shuttle and the three cone, that just shows you how well those players move in short amounts of space, which that matters more than running 40 yards downfield. So those are, that's why those numbers are important. Um, and 
you know, I thought Lindstrom looked good. He, he he's definitely he's still kind of working on his body. I think his lower half needs some development. But I know he talked to a lot of teams as well. I think teams are teams are always very willing to invest in players that have NFL bloodlines. You know, their dad played in the NFL. Chris is obviously a very good starter for the uh, Falcons right now. It's a weak center class, as I've said. And I think that Lindstrom looks good in the positional drills as well. So I think that he's still got a pretty strong hold on uh, the second best center in this class. So in a, in a draft like this, you're thinking that's like third round, fourth round? I think, I think late third round because, you know, Alec is only, he's 6'3", but he's only 296 pounds. Um, so he, he, and this is kind of the same story as Tyler Linderbaum, who is also relatively small. Um, they will need, he'll need to go to a team that runs a lot of outside zone uh, like a rushing scheme because that allows him to get on the move and he doesn't have to anchor his ground as much. And he also will probably need to go to a division that doesn't play a lot of teams that run a three, four defense and have really big nose tackles um, because he'll probably get, he'll have some struggles there, but he's a really smart player and teams, you know, value that at the center position. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure Lindstrom is going to, you know, drafted to be a starter immediately, but he could be a long-term backup center for, you know, at least a decade. And I think probably, I think at early day three, so maybe in the fourth round is probably the best range to predict him in. All right. And in a moment, Mitch is going to talk a little bit about Isaiah Graham Mobley and just his overall thoughts of some of the standout uh, performances at the Combine. But before we get to that, March Madness is only a week away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you going to for the best? We've done our homework here on Locked On and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, which are both really fun. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you're not going to find at ESPN or CBS. If you got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white gloves customer support custom branding in one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. This is Locked On Boston College. We're now talking about Bet Online. Bet Online, with football over, basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to everything else in the sports world. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Locked On Boston College, we are back. We had talked with Mitch Wolf in the first segment about Alec Lindstrom and Zion Johnson, getting a little bit of talk about that offensive line group and uh, where those two gentlemen are going to possibly land in the draft and how their performances help them. Now, another name uh, that popped up was Isaiah Graham Mobley. So BC had three guys in the, in the um, combine workouts and Graham Mobley was the final one on a separate day. I think he worked out on Saturday. Mitch, can you talk a little bit about Isaiah Graham Mobley, IGM's performance? 
So Isaiah did pretty well. Um, so he came in at 6'1", 230, which is a solid size for a linebacker. Um, and his testing numbers were all quite good. So he ran a 4.6340. He ran a, he, sorry, he jumped 10 feet and four inches in the broad and 34 and a half inches in the vertical. And those are all solid numbers. But the problem is, is that because he's not that big, even though linebackers in today's NFL are trending smaller, the numbers aren't that aren't as impressive. So he only got an 8.2 in his relative athletic score, but some of the guys in this, in this position just had absolutely insane days that he really just flew under the radar. And it's good to see that he still has good athleticism, despite having a lot of injuries. You know, that's generally the concern with players who have a long injury history, like IGM, you know, you wonder has have these tears, have they sapped their athleticism? And that's not the case it seems, but you know, even him getting invited to the combine is a good sign because Players get invited to combine because the NFL teams tell the scouting services that run the combine that they are interested in these players. So it's good that he has an interest. However, I'm not sure he did enough to really say like, hey, I'm a guy that needs to be drafted. You know, we kind of hoped him coming into this year would be a nice middle ground between uh, Isaiah McDuffie and Max Richardson, who were the linebackers last year. And this is partially because of injury. And again, that's part of the problem is, but he just never really had those big impact plays when the defense needed them. So, you know, I'm not, I, I don't think he gets drafted, honestly. Um, he'll probably get signed as a UDFA and, you know, maybe he can have a really good preseason kind of like Max Richardson did uh, for the Raiders. And maybe he can kind of just hang around the practice squad for a little bit and uh, get better as a player. Cause he's, I think he, you know, he's still, he's an older player, but he's young in terms of the reps and granted it's because of injury, but you know, if you have a linebacker who hasn't taken as many hits, you know, he's kind of light on the tread. So maybe some teams will like that and that'll earn him a uh, spot in the practice squad. Yeah. It sounds like he's missing some, some valuable uh, film for the last year or like, yeah. And, and it's, it's just that his skill set is not that unique. Like he's, he's, he's a very, not, not average, but a very just normal linebacker. And, you know, so there isn't, something that that sticks out with him that makes him teams like, Oh, like we need to draft this guy. And that's, you know, in the, at the end of round seven, you know, teams want to get their hands on guys that have unique skill sets and can do special things, you know, and then they'll be like, Oh, like there's the point is there are like a bunch of Isaiah Graham Mobley's in this class. So his skill set is not going to be that valuable because it's um, it's relatively common among the class. So speaking of uh, participants with, uh, unique skill sets. Um, this is going to be my segue into this. That was, no, that was nice. I like that. <laughs> uh, I watched pieces of this and a lot of it I saw online as people were retweeting it. And around what was it, like four or five yesterday, it absolutely blew up with Jordan Davis, the 344 pound defensive tackle from Georgia who ran faster than Jameis Winston and um, was Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's, well, Talk about his performance because, you know, this is a BC podcast, but when you see an absolute athletic freak like this, it's worth talking about. Yeah. And I'll try to kind of put it in BC terms. So, so Jordan Davis is six, six, 341 pounds and he ran a four, seven, eight, 40. And I just want BC fans to imagine, like imagine BJ Raji running the same speed, like running that same speed. It's just impossible to comprehend, but somehow he did it. And the, the, the crazy thing with Davis is that, you know, he is that big, but his other numbers, he didn't do the agility drills as well because a lot of players opted out of it because of the combine schedule, but his jumping uh, numbers were incredible too. He, I think he jumped 10 feet and three inches in the broad jump, which was the biggest for any player over 300 pounds in the history of the combine. 
He had a 10, a perfect 10 athletic score, which, and according to the guy who runs a Kent Lee Platt, this was the second highest relative athletic score ever behind Calvin Johnson because he jumped 10, three in the broad and 32 inches in the vertical, which was just insane. And it's, it's funny because, you know, he had this great day and he looked good in the drills as well, but everybody was running really fast times in the 40 and doing well in the drills. Uh, even on the defensive line, his teammate Devonta Wyatt had a crazy day. Another Georgia guy. I mean, all the Georgia guys were incredible. Like it makes sense why they won a national championship, but even the guys like Travis Jones from UConn, who was six, four, three twenty, ran a 4.90 and running that time at that size would be insane in any year. But this year it kind of just flies under the radar because Jordan Davis is not of this earth. He's a, a national security concern at this point because of how, much of an insane athlete he is, but all the players, it seemingly seemed like ran super well at the combine this year, despite its wonky schedule going late into the night and players opting out of the agility drills. Uh, but the forties were absolutely off the chain this year, which was really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, the, when you're talking about all the Georgia players that, you know, there was Trayvon Walker also had a big, big mm-hmm. uh, combine and the, uh, video that was going viral was of Shane Beamer talking about him after they lost mm-hmm. to, did you see the video? I did. I, I saw it, but I didn't watch it. So, so what did it say? I want to hear what he said. It was, it was great. So they retweeted it to, to be like, this gives you some perspective on what Jordan Davis is. And it was, uh, it was after South Carolina lost to Georgia. The, the reporter asked, did, what special things did Georgia do to make uh, life difficult on defense? And he looked absolutely flabbergasted and goes, they have like literally like a hundred guys with five stars. They have a guy that's, can 340 pounds that can run faster than everyone else in this, in this, in this call right now, they have guys <laughs> all over the place that are athletic. Freaks. And he just looked complete. Like he goes, they didn't do anything. They're just awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, it's the old Jimmy's and Joe's versus X and the X's and O's thing. Like, and that's, you know, that's why Alabama can hang with them because they have similar talent. But at the end of the day, like guys like Jordan Davis, like, I mean, Trayvon Walker, you know, at six, five, two seventy five, And I said this, even I watched him like, he looks like he's about 240 pounds, but his frame is absolutely incredible. So he's, he had a big week. I know that uh, Dan Brugler, the athletic has him really high and he could end up being a top, maybe even a top 10 pick in a, in an edge class. That's really good. I, I always like to ask this too, because I like to see, flip the coin. Were there any guys that really like tanked during the, the combine? So I'll bring one guy up that I kind of felt bad for. And his name is uh, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas. And it's not that he did bad, but so the, he came in at 6'2", 225 with nine and seven, eight inch hands. And um, that's, and like, he had good, he had decent times. He ran a four five five forty. 540. Um, I'm trying to find his jumps. Here we go. Uh, 33 inch vertical and 122 inch broad. And all those numbers are good. The problem is, is that in the days before the combine, there are all these reports flying on. Oh, like Traylon Burks, 11 inch hands. he, uh, runs a four. He might run a four three forty. He might jump forty two inches. It's like the scene in Braveheart where William Wallace is saying to all his troops, like, "Oh, there's all these stories about me that are fake. I won't say them because it's an explicit uh, line mm-hmm. of the movie." But you know, it's just not really fair to Burks because you know he doesn't jump the numbers and everybody's saying, "Oh, like he failed the combine." It's like, well, no, he still was a crazy athlete and he's still a really good football player. But just the unfair expectations that got set in the days prior, you know. Might it, they might hurt him in the media? I don't think he'll really hurt him in the long run uh, to the NFL teams because he's still a really good player and might be the first wide receiver off the board this uh, April. All right, well, Mitch, this was great. Thanks for coming in and talking the combine because I, I watch a lot of this stuff and sometimes it just all runs overwhelms me. And it's great to have someone who can really get to the meat and potatoes of all this stuff. So, Mitch, where can people find you on social media? 
that's me meat and potatoes guy um i'm at mitchell t wolf w-o-l-f-e you can follow me there for you know i wasn't tweeting out all the time for everybody but i've got you know just a few takes here and there about guys in the combine and you know as we said draft season's really heating up uh now the combine's over it's gonna be pro day season uh gotta get back into watching some film getting some guys done and late draft process so make sure you're following me there for uh i'll be tweeting out all my draft stuff at that twitter account all right, great. In a moment, I'm going to go over all the weekend's games, including baseball winning two of three, basketball falling, and BC hockey has a great weekend for the first time this season. Man, do I love March Madness, and I love those brackets, but I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take them on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you can choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. Simplest, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes, and that's what the Daily Fantasy Week was meant to be. Sign up for free today, right now at stathero.com slash locked on, and use promo code Locked on for a hundred percent deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a hundred percent match. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Now this is the time of year that I've basically given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolutions to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars tasting products. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors including churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. They're all so good. They're going to be your new favorite. They're all 100% covered in real chocolate. Yes, I said that. 100% real chocolate. And have the flavor profile that you just can't beat with a candy bar. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. With flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and the new this month, the white chocolate cookies and cream, they are all delicious. And with new flavors coming out all the time, you're going to think you're going to need to try out some of those new ones. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. It was so great to have Mitch on here. And I want to say it's also great to have fans like you who have made Locked On Boston College your first listen. Whether you listen on the apps uh, for podcasts or on YouTube, you have made such a big difference in the growth of this podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you. And for you who have just joined us, thank you as well. Now this weekend, Boston College basketball wrapped up their regular season with a game at Georgia Tech. This is the second game. They lost one earlier this year to the uh, Yellow Jackets. Uh, this one didn't go all that much better. Um, at least Boston College got to overtime in this game as they lost by four points, 72 to 68 in overtime. They were down by as much as 15 points at one point in this game, but they rallied and rallied and rallied. But 
Uh, they had a couple points where they just could not get the winning bucket, especially at the end of the game. Jaden Zachary turned the ball over when there was under eight seconds left. They had the chance to put in the winner, and they just couldn't get it done. They go to overtime. Georgia Tech starts taking over the game again. You know they they build up a little bit of lead. BC keeps hitting them back, hitting them back though. That was the credit to BC. Like like almost every game this year, credit to Boston College. They never wilt. Um, you know, they had times where they got overmatched by teams that were better than them. But when they were playing teams that were right on their level, like Georgia Tech, they were able to almost always battle back. And that's exactly what they did in this game. And, um, be, you know, for BC, they, they in, the, in overtime, they forced Georgia Tech to the line. Georgia Tech started missing f- um, f- uh, free throws. And BC had the chance to tie it again. They were down by as much as four or five points in overtime. Makai Ashton-Langford had a chance to tie it, and he clanged out a three-pointer. It was really close there. So, BC finishes the year with six ACC wins. They're the 13th-ranked team in the conference, and they open ACC play on Tuesday against Pitt. This is an interesting matchup because Boston College and Pitt have... um, have traded wins. Uh, Pitt is definitely on the upswing. I know they're only in the 12th seed, but they've been playing much better of late. And, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup. This is kind of the rubber game between the two. BC lost that first game when John uh, Hugley scored 32 points. But then in the second game, BC really kind of clamped down on him, only held him to nine points, and were able to win. I kind of like BC's chances in this game. Um, I I know Hugley is a good good scorer, but... um, BC has done a nice job with their bigs, uh, with James Carnick and Quinton Post. I think if they can figure out how to keep them on Hugley like they did in that second game, they can kind of minimize what Pitt is able to do and get that win. That would be a nice win. To get in the second round of the ACC tournament would be really big for BC. And if they win that game, they have Wake Forest, who ran them out of the court last time they played them. So um, not, not too much... Uh, uh, positivity going to that second game, but hey, anything can happen. So uh, good luck to them. Now, speaking of tournaments, BC women's basketball, they lost their opener, and I think I talked a little bit about that. We're going to have to wait until next week to find out whether they make the tournament or not. That loss was huge. Um, they're on the last I had seen ESPN had them on the outside of the bubble. So um, tough, tough loss to lose like that. I mean, you needed that win to get into the tournament. Now they're on the outside. Uh, NC State ended up winning the women's ACC tournament there. Baseball had a good weekend, finally. They won two out of three against North Florida. Um, Joey Fatrano had a big game um, in both games one and two. And then the pitching staff fell apart in game three. So uh, I, you'd love to see a sweep, but didn't happen. But that's a nice... Uh, way to win a series because BC just needed wins. And speaking of needing wins, let's talk a little bit to end this game, this show off about BC men's hockey, who had a huge weekend. They played uh, UMass, the number nine team in the country, you know, defending national champions and BC swept them. That was stunning. I mean, BC is now on a three game winning streak against good teams. I believe they beat Northeastern UMass and UMass and Northeastern just won hockey East. So BC is playing as good as they have all season long. I mean, you beat UMass, a a very, very good team. That says a lot. You beat them on the road. You beat them at home. BC's in good shape. And if they continue to play the way that they're they're playing right now, look out for them in the the playoffs. Eric Dopp had a great uh, weekend. You know, he he was, you know, he's really hitting his stride at right, right at the right time. Now, you, you... If BC is going to go to the Frozen Four, they got to win the Hockey East. They can't, like, lose in the championship or lose in the second to last round. 
it's all or nothing at this point. So they're going to open against UNH. I believe it's a two out of three. Uh, I apologize. It's not a two out of three. It's a winner take all round. Uh, they play on Wednesday this week, and it's BC versus U, uh, UNH at Conti Forum. That was also a big part of this win was that BC secured home ice advantage, um, which I've seen not a lot of fans at the games, but <laughs> that's oh, that's okay. So if they win that game, I believe they get to play Northeastern after that. So uh, some big matchups coming up here for BC, and you know anything could happen. You always trust in Jerry York, but congratulations to them. They they got things going just at the right time. Well, thank you all for listening on tomorrow's show. We're going to get into a preview of the ACC tournament. We will get into all things BC football. And there's some stuff that we're going to want to talk about in terms of spring football that you're going to want to not want to miss and everything in between. Remember, if you want to be included in our weekly mailbag, DM me at AJBlack underscore BC or email me at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. I love to feature you as we do a mailbag every Friday from now on out. So check me out there. Make sure you, if you out, if you want to ask a question about buy or sell or, uh, you know, what's your, you know, thoughts on anything, I, I am happy to answer any type of question that you have. Um, as long as it's appropriate, right? Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Check us out at Locked On BC on YouTube as well, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.